less than two weeks. That's how long I'd had my license at that point. And I was <clears throat> driving myself to golf practice after school one day, very late because I'd spent too much time after school talking to a girl instead of getting in my car to go to golf practice and pushing the pedal to the floor as fast as I possibly could. And I'm flying through this neighborhood road, and I come over this little crest of a hill, and a car passes me coming the other way. And as I look in my rearview mirror, my heart sinks as I recognize that it's none other than a police officer. And so the police officer immediately makes a U-turn, turns on his lights, and begins to follow right behind me. And so I pull the car over to the side of the road as my heart is beating as fast as a 16-year-old's heart can possibly beat. And the police officer comes up to the window and the common refrain, license and registration, please. So I hand him my license, hoping that he's not going to see that I've had it for 10 days. <laughs> and he says, I've clocked you going way too fast for a, a neighborhood road like this. It's, it's not safe or legal. So he takes my license and registration and he walks it back to his car with him. And then I just sit there for what seems like hours. I just sit there, and I was not at all worried in that moment anymore about being late for golf practice. <laughs> you see, because all I could think about was my mom. I mean, of all the people I'm thinking in my head, like, I should know better. I could hear her voice ringing in the back of my head, talking about the importance of the law and the importance of following it. I could only imagine how she was going to feel or what she was going to think or what she was going to do if she ever found out. So I thought, genius idea. I'm not going to tell her. And so I resolved at that point. I'm like, I'm going to make sure that my mom does not ever know about this. And just at that point, the, the officer is making his way back to the car, and I roll down the window, and he hands me a sheet of paper. And in big, bold letters on the front of that paper is the word warning. And I'm like, yes, no ticket. I did it. Mom is never going to know. And then he begins to hand me my driver's license back. But before I can grab it, he pulls it back from me and he kind of looks at me quizzically and he goes, Mr. Browning, what's your mom's name? Uh, oh, no. Uh, Becky, I said. He just sort of smiles and he goes, I thought so. Puts my license back in his pocket. And he goes, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get out your phone, and I want you to dial your mom's number. I want to talk to her, he said. You see, the police officer had recognized what I hoped to God that he would not discover. He had recognized that he knew my mom. In fact, they worked together. <laughs> she was the county prosecutor. <laughs> and so, with literally all of the blood completely rushed from my face, I start dialing my mom's number. 
Hi, sweetie. What's up? I thought you'd already be at golf practice by now, came the cheerful voice on the other end of the line. Uh, yeah, hey, uh, Officer Smith is here, and uh, he wants to talk to you, I said. And all the cheerfulness in her voice vanished, just like that. And so I handed the phone to the officer, and he and she began to talk. And the rest of that conversation, and the rest of that evening, and the rest of my life, or lack thereof, for the foreseeable future, went exactly as you could imagine it. Not my best day. But I don't remember as much what happened or how much trouble I got in about that memory. You see, the thing about that memory that I, I have not been able to shake out of my head so many years later is how she sounded. You see, she didn't say it out loud, but as she was talking to the officer, I could hear it in her voice just how discouraged she was. It's one of those weird moments where you, you feel like you can actually hear someone's thoughts, even though they're not saying it out loud. And even through the phone, I felt like I could hear exactly what she was thinking. And it sounded a lot like this. Are you kidding me? I, after all that I've taught you about the importance of the law and why we follow it and why it keeps people safe, after all of that, every time we drive, we walk through what it looks like to obey the traffic laws. And still, even 10 days after you're getting your license, you just go and completely disregard it. What more do I have to do? Is what I heard her thinking in my head. You see, I couldn't even imagine the amount of discouragement that she was feeling in that very moment. It's, it's a level of discouragement that comes when you've poured your whole self into something. When you've loved someone or something so much, you've cared for them, you've served them, you've done everything you can. And then one of those moments happens where you think to yourself, was this all for nothing? Did, did none of this work? Were you not listening at all? And you, you know, I think if I were to guess, and based on what I hear from other people, I think that my mom in not that moment is not the only mom or mother figure to ever experience that type of discouragement. I actually think it happens all the time. All the time. Moms or mother figures pouring themselves into someone over and over again investing themselves, giving themselves over selflessly to someone else. And then something happens where they look around and say, was that all for nothing? Did, did any of that stick? What was even the point? I think that happens so often. And, and I can think of so many different situations where that has to be the case. You know, for one example, it's like if your son is the son of the county prosecutor, and he refuses to regard the law, he completely disregards the law, no matter how many times. 
you have impressed upon him the importance of obeying the law. Or maybe it's the baby will not stop crying no matter how many times you rock it to sleep or no matter how many blogs you read or no matter how many times you change its formula. Or the elementary school child will not stop complaining about not having good enough toys no matter how many times you talk to them about being grateful and thankful for all that they have and how blessed they really are if only they knew. Or the teenager who will not stop lying to you or trying to manipulate you or just completely revolting against you. No matter how many times over the last 15 years you've shown them over and over again that you actually do know a thing or two about life and you have their best interest at mind and you really do love them. Or the adult son or daughter who just won't put you first in an important moment where you just want to be put first no matter how many times throughout their entire life you have done nothing else but put them first. And it's not even just the things that people do or don't do that can be discouraging for folks who pour themselves out to others. Sometimes it's just the things that happen to the people that that you as a mom or a mother figure care about so deeply that can be discouraging. It's just the curveballs that life throws your way. Like your kid gets really sick or they get broken up with or they get cut from the sports team or anxiety and depression just will not leave them alone. You see, if you are a mom or a mother figure, these kind of things hit you so hard for one reason and one reason only. Because you love so well. Because you care so deeply. You see, I think it's actually true of human existence. It's a true reality of life in this world that to love well is to sometimes be discouraged that if you love really well, then it's almost inevitable that in some moment or in some season, discouragement will come your way. Jesus himself says it in John chapter 16. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. In other words, if you follow me, Jesus says, if you love like I have compelled you to love, then you will experience Difficulty. Another way of saying it is if you're a mom or mother figure and you love really well, it's almost inevitable that parts of life will lead to hurt or difficulty or discouragement. It's just the reality of how it works. And I don't think anybody else knows that truth to be more true than moms and mother figures in this world. Jesus is the master encourager. And he has something else to say about this other than the fact that acknowledging life will give us troubles. He actually has some encouragement to offer us on this Mother's Day. He says this from the Gospel of Matthew, first in Matthew chapter 10. He says, anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. 
And anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. And then he adds on to this, skipping a few chapters into Matthew 25. He says, The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. You see, in this passage, Jesus is attempting to describe to his disciples the nature of God's kingdom, the kingdom of God both here and now and for eternity. This is what he wants to describe to them. And he does so using the transitive property. If you remember high school geometry, if A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. And and if you piece together these verses, that's what we see here. So Jesus is saying that whatever you've done for the least of these, you've done for him. And then he says that the least of these are actually his littlest disciples. They're children in this world. And so that means that whatever you've done to care for his littlest disciples, you've done for him. You see, being a mom or a mother figure, he's saying, is in itself a spiritual act. It is literally serving Christ. And then he proceeds to go on. The encouraging part of all of this is he goes on and he says that, that caring for people in this way comes with a God-sized reward. He says, anyone who welcomes a prophet receives a prophet's reward. And anyone who welcomes a righteous person receives a righteous person's reward. So then the question begs, well, then what kind of reward is for someone who welcomes a child? What kind of reward is there for someone who mothers? Well, Jesus says, that means you're actually welcoming Christ himself. And the reward then is what I would call a mother's reward. What's a mother's reward? Besides complete exhaustion all the time. Well, I think the scripture in that passage and many others points to two particular things that Jesus says make up what I might call a mother's reward. First, a mother's reward is knowing that you, mom or mother figure, are literally bringing about the kingdom of God. In all that you do, every single day, you are part of bringing the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. You are part of ushering in God's kingdom, the goodness of all of it, right here and right now. 
when a, uh, when a gardener goes to plant a flower, when they plant a seed and they want it to become a flower, I think they're acutely aware of a few particular things. I think, first of all, the gardener knows that ultimately she doesn't totally control if that seed is actually going to grow into a flower or how the flower is going to develop. So, you know, she has some influence over it, but not ultimate control. And secondly, the gardener is pretty aware that that seed is not going to grow into a flower like that. Like it's not an overnight process. That it's going to take a long time. It's going to require patience. There's going to be a lot of time where she's looking at that seed going, are you showing me anything? Did anything even work here? But she just has to know that it's a process and it takes time. And the third thing, and I think the most important thing that a gardener knows when she plants a seed above all else is she knows that her faithfulness in planting and watering that seed is so crucially important. That she knows without a doubt that that seed has no chance of becoming a flower if she doesn't faithfully plant and water that seed. You see, I think gardening is a lot like mothering. Paul in 1 Corinthians 3 talks about what he calls sort of the ministry of seed planting. He talks about how people walk plant and water the seed, but God ultimately is the one who works through it to bring about transformation in the person's life. He's talking about seed planting in people. And I think mothers and mother figures embody this ministry so well. In many ways, I think it is the ministry of mothering. Planting seeds and watering seeds so faithfully so that God might have an opportunity to do the good work of transforming and growing a person into who they were actually created to be. I know without a doubt that I'm a product of that. That, that because of my mom and my stepmom planting and watering seeds in my life so faithfully, day after day, month after month, year after year, that God was actually able to begin to grow and develop me into who I was continually created and becoming to be. And I think that's true of so many other people. And it just impresses upon the importance of that particular ministry, the importance of the ministry of planting and watering seeds. Paul actually describes the importance so much in in Galatians chapter 6, where he says, Don't grow weary, of doing good. For at the proper time, you will reap a harvest, he says. In other words, for at the proper time, you'll receive a reward, he says, if you do not give up. And when he says that, when he's encouraging people to continue the ministry of seed planting, I think he's encouraging people in some ways to continue the ministry of mothering. And when he says, do not give up, I don't think he's trying to figure out how how to help us not give up doing the big acts of love and service. We don't usually need help encouraging or encouragement trying to do those. I think he's interested in the really small, faithful acts of love and service 
that are part of that ministry of seed planting and seed watering. That's what I think he's getting at here. And Mother Teresa, a woman who shows us so beautifully what it looks like to truly mother, echoes this when she says, do not think that love, in order to be genuine, has to be extraordinary. No, she says, what we need is to love without getting tired. Don't think that love, in order to be genuine, has to be extraordinary. No, what just we need to do is to love without getting tired. So, if you're a mom or a mother figure, may you hear the encouragement of Paul to continue on planting and watering seeds faithfully, loving and serving well, caring for people in ways that you do, knowing that all of that is reaping a reward. It is bringing forth the kingdom of God in all that it's goodness, even though you might not be able to see it. And then, if you have a mom, or if you're married to a mom, or if you're friends with a mom, or if you know a mom, then may you make it your priority to encourage and celebrate and care for the mothers and mother figures of this world so that they can continue to love without getting tired. The first part of a mother's reward is knowing that you're a part of bringing forth the kingdom of God, a huge part. What you do matters every day. And the second part of a mother's reward is knowing without a doubt that God sees you and he honors you and he cherishes you. Yeah, you, just for being you, not because of anything you've done, not because of your best day, or that you accomplished all that was on your to-do list, none of that, only because you are his, that you are a direct reflection of him. Therefore, he sees you, and he honors you, and mom, he cherishes you. It's always so striking to me that Jesus Christ, before he's ever done anything impressive in his earthly ministry, before he's performed any miracles or any healings, before he's given his life on a cross for all of humanity, before any of that happens, God the Father looks at him specifically and says, you are my son with whom I am well pleased, before he does anything. And it's simply because the Father is saying that he's his. And that's what causes him to be well-pleased. See, that's the thing about the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
is that the blood of Jesus, it covers you and it washes you clean in the eyes of the Father so that he actually looks at you, you specifically, and says, you are my daughter with whom I am well pleased. You don't have to do anything for that. That is just what he thinks about you. It's really easy for us to forget that. And I can't speak as one, but knowing some and having some and being married to one, I know that as a mom or a mother figure, that given the pressures and the burdens and the day-to-day life, that it can be really easy to forget that. But that does not make it untrue. That God sees you and he honors you and he cherishes you. It is so true about you. And so, moms, stepmoms, grandmothers, expecting mothers, mother figures. This is your reward that Jesus Christ promises. That every single thing that you do every day matters and is part of bringing forth God's kingdom here on this earth as it is in heaven. And God sees you in the ups and the downs and he honors all the giftings that you have and he cherishes you to your very core. This is a mother's reward. At the, uh, in a scene in, in the famous book series, Chronicles of Narnia, see author C.S. Lewis paints a picture in one of the scenes that includes Aslan, who's the lion character who represents the heart of God, and Lucy, the, the youngest child of a group of siblings who's journeying through the land of Narnia throughout the books. And in the scene... Lucy is standing in a room all by herself, staring at a mirror, tears streaming down her face because of a mistake that she has just made. And then right next to her, in the reflection on the mirror, appears Aslan. Aslan asks her, "What, Lucy, what have you done, my child? And through her tears, she says, I don't know. I didn't mean to. I just wanted to be beautiful like my sister. I am so sorry. And Aslan looks back at her, and with a gentle smile that could only come from the heart of God, he begins to explain to her everything good that has come about in this world because of her existence in it. And then he wraps up his saying as he says, Lucy, 
you doubt your value. Don't run from who you are. Moms and mother figures, our prayer is that you would never doubt your value and that you would know who you are in the loving eyes of God. And fathers and husbands and children and friends, may you do all that you can to remind the moms and mother figures in your life of their value and how God sees them. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for this time, this time where we get to reflect and celebrate who you are and how you have created the women in our lives. God, we thank you for the cherished gift of moms and mother figures that they are bringing forth your kingdom in every single act throughout their day and that you see them and you honor them and you cherish them above all else. So God, we thank you for that, for your consistent promises and be near to everyone who needs your presence this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Well, we have had a beautiful and full morning together. And the beginning of this service, we just recognize that on Mother's Day, we come with our highs.